Let me invite you to 1 Samuel chapter 16 this morning. As you're turning there, uh, let me introduce myself. Um, I, I've had three people come and tell me there's a mug shot in the bulletin this morning. <laughs> Two of them said the guy looks guilty, so I don't know what to do about that. Other than I will give strict instructions that there will be no more pictures of me in the bulletin. My name is Richard Williamson, and I'm the interim pastor here. And uh, let me tell you a little bit of what that means. My primary responsibility will be to fill the pulpit. I will be preaching Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights. Uh, We have a fantastic staff here. I, I cannot emphasize that enough. They do a great job. Uh, They have long tenure. They know what they're doing. In fact, what would really help them is if I just stayed out of their way. Um, That would be be very helpful. Uh, After the early service this morning, I did have a deacon come and remind me that we also have wonderful deacons here. And and that is true. We have wonderful deacons. Um, the, The office staff does a great job. We really do have a lot of people who volunteer and do great work here, and so one of the things that is part of my job is not to mess those things up. We're just going to do our very best to keep things moving right along as they have been. Uh, We're going to do our very best to stay unified as a church family, uh, to seek the Lord with all of our might, to trust Him, uh, to bring our request before Him, including our request for a new leader. And so my job is to preach the Word. Um, to meet with staff, and uh, just to try to help the church keep moving forward. Um, we're not, uh, this is not a time to slow down. Uh, this interim time, we're going to preach the gospel just like we always have. We hope that we will see people saved just like we always have. And so we really hope that you won't see a whole lot of difference that will just keep moving forward. So that is my job. Um, and I think that'll be the last time I introduce myself and say that. And so let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16. This morning I want us to look at what to do when you're looking for a spiritual leader. Now here in this passage, uh, the uh, prophet Samuel is called by God to go and to anoint a new king. And when we think about king, we think about a political position. But particularly in the Bible and for God's people, their king was not simply a political position. There was the military aspect to being king and the political aspect to being king. But in reality, the position was a spiritual position. In fact, the whole reason Saul was rejected from being king was because of repeated disobedience to God. The reason God was looking for a new king to anoint, ultimately David, was because of Saul's refusal to honor God and to live for God. And so here in this passage, God is looking to find a new spiritual leader for his people. Uh, I think that we will see some parallels as we work through this passage, and uh, hopefully it will be an encouragement to us as a church family as we begin our journey looking for a spiritual leader. Let me read the first five verses here, and then we'll work our way through all 13 verses. 1 Samuel chapter 16, beginning with verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, How long are you going to mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem, because I have selected for myself a king from his sons. Samuel asked, How can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. 
The Lord answered, Take a young cow with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will let you know what you are to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate to you. Samuel did what the Lord directed and went to Bethlehem. When the elders of the town met him, they trembled and asked, Do you come in peace? Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for this day, for the worship that we've already been a part of this morning, Lord, for the worship that we are continuing to be a part of. I pray that you would give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech as I proclaim your word this morning. Lord, as I speak to your people, I pray that I would bring comfort and encouragement. Lord, may you be glorified and honored by all that is said. I ask this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. All right, I'm going to be honest with you. I've already forgotten some of my responsibilities this morning. And so we're just going to go ahead and establish this. Your interim pastor is not perfect. I was supposed to say to those watching online, we're very glad that you're watching online. We are very thankful that you've chosen to join us. And those of you in the Life Center, we're very glad that you're here. And uh, I'm going to get all of that down pat. It may not be this week or next week, but I'm going to figure all that out. And we really are glad that each of you who are watching is watching from where you're watching. Even those of you in here. <laughs> All right. Well, one of the things that helps me as I think about a sermon, as I prepare a sermon, is sort of a big question. What is the big question for this passage? And here's the question that I came up with as I was thinking about this passage and our church family. What are some things we as a church family should focus on as we look for a new pastor? What are some things that we need to keep in mind over the next weeks and months and however long it is that we'll be looking for a next pastor? And I think this passage gives us some things that would encourage us and help us as we begin this journey. First of all, I want us to see in verse 1 that we need to listen to God. Let me read verse 1 again. It says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long are you going to mourn for Saul? Since I have rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem because I have selected for myself a king from his sons. As I read this verse, I, I sort of associate myself with Samuel. Samuel wasn't ready to move on. He wasn't ready to look for the next king. I would suspect that many of us find ourselves in this very circumstance this morning. We're not ready to move on. We don't want to look for a next pastor. We're not happy that we're going through this. And yet, does God make mistakes? And I, I really believe that God is in the midst of this. As I talked to Pastor Darren and I heard how Pastor Darren was led to go and how God opened the door, my, my real suspicion is, is that God was in that. And if God was in that, then that means that God is in this. And we may not like it. We may not be ready to start looking for a new pastor. We may not be happy about it. We may not feel real great about it this morning. But if God doesn't make mistakes, and God is leading us, and God has promised to be with us, and God is not surprised by new circumstances that we're surprised by, then what we do is just say, you know what? Whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to look and listen and trust God. And so as we listen to God, we need to be willing to be those who are really listening to God. In the days and weeks and months ahead, we as a church family, 
We will need to be listening to God. We will want to hear his voice. We will want to know what it is that he is saying to us. Samuel may not have felt like getting up and going to look for a new king, but God was working. He called Samuel to get up and go. A little transparency, if I'm honest with you, uh, I have regular times of prayer, but can I tell you that sometimes what's missing from my regular times of prayer are times of listening. If I'm honest, when I pray and read my scriptures in the morning, I read them, I, I try to understand them, I have a time of prayer, Bethany and I pray in the mornings, and oftentimes it is a time of me giving a list to God of all the things that I need him to do. God, here are the people that I love and care about that are sick. God, here are the places that I'm concerned about. God, here are my children. You know all the needs in their lives. I pray that you would work. Here is my life, and here are my concerns about me, and here's what I need you to do. And yet one of the things that I often fail to do in those moments is say, okay, God, what is it that you have for me? God, what is it you would want to tell me in this time? God, what is it you want to talk to me about? I've shared with you my agenda. We need to be those people during this time that are listening for God's agenda. We need to have uh, uh, times where we are saying, okay, God, I'm reading your word. What are you saying to my heart? As a congregation, we need to be carefully listening to what God might be saying to us. We're not just sitting on Santa Claus' lap giving him the list of all the things we want. We're talking to the holy, righteous God of the universe who knows all things. And not just is he the holy, righteous God of the universe who knows all things. He is that who wants to be active in our lives. He wants to speak to us. And so individually and as a congregation, we need to listen to God. By the way, can I remind you that the only way we're going to do things as a congregation is if we do them as individuals? We are the church. We are Scott Lake Baptist Church. It's us. And so if Scott Lake Baptist Church is going to be a people who listen, it will depend on you and I being people who listen to God. Will we go the extra mile? Will we sit still and listen to what he might want to say to us? So first of all, we need to listen to God. But secondly, we need to worship. I want to read verses 2, 3, 4, and 5 again because I think they're interesting verses. Samuel asked, how can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. The Lord answered, take a young cow with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will let you know what you are to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate to you. Samuel did what the Lord directed and went to Bethlehem. When the elders of the town met him, they trembled and asked, do you come in peace? Verse 5, in peace, he replied, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. What was going on here is Samuel was concerned that Saul, who was still king, would hear that Samuel was going to anoint a new king. How do you think that would go over with Saul? How do you think that would go over with the army of Saul? Um, and so Samuel says, God, I can't go and anoint a king. We, we have a king. And yes, I understand that you've rejected him, but, but if he hears that I'm out anointing a new king, it'll be off with my head. Now, when you read this passage quickly, what it can look like is that God promotes a worship service sort of as a cover-up for what he is doing. But I think there's so much more going on than that. 
If you look, I think that God gives Samuel and the people of Bethlehem and the family of Jesse exactly what they need. As they were to anoint a new king, what they really needed to be doing was worshiping and seeking God. And so when I think about us, what we need to do is we need to worship together. Now, we've worshiped this morning. We've sung some songs together. We've prayed together. We've read the Word of God together. We're listening to a sermon together, and we'll continue to worship throughout the service. We'll give our tithes at some point and our offerings, and that is a part of worship. But we need to be those who are worshiping together. Let me ask you, have you ever gone through the motions while you're worshiping? All right, none of you have ever done that. Can I confess that from time to time, maybe I've been singing the songs? Maybe even I've been saying the words. But in my mind or in my heart, I'm thinking about something else. and I'm distracted. And I'm not really thinking about worshiping God in those moments. If we're going to be all that we need to be as a congregation during these days, we need to be those who are regularly worshiping God together. Here's why. When we worship, we're acknowledging that God is greater than we are. When we sing songs about his holiness and his righteousness, about how he is perfect and how he loves, and we acknowledge those things, one of the things we are doing is saying, God is greater than we are. I'm not worthy of worship. I know most of you well enough to know that you're not worthy of worship. In fact, the Bible tells me none of you are worthy of worship. Only one is worthy of worship. And when we come together as a congregation and we worship God, it reminds us who he is, that he is righteous, that he is all-powerful, that he has all knowledge, that he has promised to love us and lead us and take care of us and not to forsake us. Isn't that good news? Isn't that what we need to do? Don't we need to remind ourselves of those things this morning? I promise you, we need to remind ourselves of those things regularly. But not only does worship help us acknowledge who God is, it helps us acknowledge who we are. When we come together and we acknowledge that there is no one like God, that he alone is holy, that he alone is worthy of worship, that he alone is perfect and worthy of praise, we remind ourselves that we are not like that. I'm a sinner, and you're a sinner, and you're a sinner, and we're all sinners. And we need to be reminded of that. Sometimes I get a little too full of myself and think that Richard has it all figured out. I'm sure you've never had that thought about yourself. But you see, worship will prevent those thoughts. The more time that I spend worshiping God, the more time I remember who he is and I remember who I am. And as a congregation, we need to come together regularly and worship together. We need to remember about God's care, about his knowledge about how he is not surprised by anything, about how he works for our good and how he loves us. And we need to remind ourselves how completely dependent upon him we are. We are. We're dependent upon him every day. I didn't think about my heart beating one time yesterday. But God told it to beat every time it did. I'm dependent upon him. We're dependent upon him. And as we search for a spiritual leader, we need to remind ourselves how dependent upon him we actually are. So we need to listen to God. We need to worship together. But thirdly, we need to allow God to give us 
insight. Look with me, if you will, at verses 6 through 12. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and said, Certainly the Lord's anointed one is here before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his stature, because I have rejected him. Humans do not see what the Lord see, for humans see what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. Jesse called Abinadab and presented him to Samuel. The Lord hasn't chosen this one either, Samuel said. Then Jesse presented Shema, but Samuel said, The Lord hasn't chosen this one either. After Jesse presented seven of his sons to him, Samuel told Jesse, The Lord hasn't chosen any of these. Samuel asked him, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, he answered, but right now he's tending the sheep. Samuel told Jesse, send for him. We won't sit down until he gets here. We need to allow God to give us insight. Let me ask you, what does the perfect pastor look like? What does a pastor look like? What does the perfect pastor's resume look like? Can I just go ahead and settle some things for you? There are no perfect pastors. There's not. There are no perfect pastor's resume. I see a lot of them. I haven't found a perfect one yet. I love and appreciate the pastors of the South Florida Baptist Association. I'm thankful God has called them and uses them. But I know them well enough to know there's not a perfect one among them. We will not find the perfect pastor The question is, will we be willing to find the one that God wants for us next? We need to have God give us insight. Now, I'm going to joke a little bit here, and I hope this won't be offensive, but when I first came to Christ a little over 30 years ago, uh, I thought that every pastor drove a Mercury Grand Marquis, and if you remember, every pastor combed his hair in a wave, and the bigger the wave was, the more spiritual the pastor was. My hair is thinning quickly. The wave is impossible. Um, And some of you can associate with that. I don't know what our next pastor is going to look like, and frankly, we really shouldn't be concerned about his outward appearance. But can I say something else? I don't know what his resume is going to look like. There are a lot of us that are already starting to think about what kind of pastor we need to have what kind of education experience he needs to have and what kind of ministerial experience he needs to have and what his family needs to look like and how many children he ought to have and, and what, what, what his uh, sermons ought to look like and, and the list goes on and on and on. I want to take you back to verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eli- Eliab and said, Certainly the Lord's anointed one is here before him. The Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his stature, because I have rejected him. There are a lot of pastors out there with a lot of great resumes. But I don't want a pastor with a great resume. I want the pastor that God has for our church family. The only way I know to do that is to seek God with all of our mights and allow him to give us insight. I don't want the pastor that Richard thinks is the right one, and I don't want the pastor that you think are the right one. I'm really concerned about who God thinks is the right pastor for Scott Lake Baptist Church. And so we need to be praying a lot about this as a church family. We need to be putting aside the temptation to think, I know who is best. Anybody started thinking about people? 
I, I confess part of my, my other job is to get resumes of pastors and to help churches. I, I confess I've started. Started thinking about who could be a good pastor, who would be great. Whose resume do I know? Who can I call and get a resume from? I've jumped the gun a little bit. I need to seek God. Say, oh God, would you lead us to whoever it is you'd want to pastor us? We need to allow God to give us insight. I don't know who he is. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what's included on his resume. But God knows all those things. And I want him to lead us to the right person. I want him to lead us to our David. I'm praying that God would give us spiritual insight. So we need to listen to God. We need to worship together. We need to allow God to give us insight. But next, and this is probably my least favorite of the five, we need to be willing to wait. How many of you just like waiting? All right, how many of you are liars? Um, <laughs> the only reason I asked that second question is I actually had a few hands go up with the first question. I want to tell you about my least favorite place, actually my least favorite places in all of Lakeland. I have three children, and they're wonderful, and one of their greatest fears is that I'm going to use them as an illustration in the sermon. In fact, that's one of their major worries about me being the interim pastor, but this really has very little to do with them this morning. But one of the things that my responsibilities as a father has brought me to several places is the car line at different schools. I've been at four different car lines at four different schools in my responsibility as a father, and I have hated every one of those car lines. I've been in the car line at Valley View Elementary that starts there by the office and winds through the car line and goes out of the parking lot and on to 540A and backs up down 540A. Now, I can tell you what I'm really not interested in is sitting in a stopped car on the shoulder of 540A as all the other maniacs who live in Lakeland drive by me at 70 miles an hour. But I've done it. I've been in the car line at Lawton Childs Middle Academy. I've been in the car line at Lakeland Highlands Middle School where it goes back behind the school and around the track and then two lanes have to merge and everybody in Polk County is smart enough to know how cars should merge and it's always been a wonderful experience. <laughs> and then I've been involved in the car line at George Jenkins High School where before the sun comes up, cars will be backed up out of George Jenkins High School and down Lakeland Highlands Road and past 540A to the other side of Lakeland Highlands Road, and, and sometimes it keeps going. And in none of those experiences have I ever stopped and thought, God, I'm just so grateful that I get to sit here and wait today. <laughs> God, this is exactly what I was hoping for, just some time with some other crazy people stopped in a line. I don't like waiting. If I'm honest, one of the fruits of the Spirit that God is working with me the most is patience. Churches don't like to wait. We want God to work, and we'd like for him to work now, if possible. I want to share some news with you. Uh, you're not going to like it. Churches don't like it when I share it, but it's, it's the truth. Right now, the average search for a pastor lasts somewhere about 15 months. I don't like that. I don't, I don't want it to last 15 months. I don't want to wait. But can I tell you I would rather wait 
15 months and get the right person than to have it happen quickly and get the wrong person. Here's the thing about the car lines. I hate them. I don't like them. I don't want to be in them. But you know what makes the car line worth it? The reason I'm there. When I'm in those car lines, I'm picking somebody up that I love dearly. And that makes it worth the wait. I know that when I get to the front of the line, somebody's going to open my car door and somebody I love is going to jump in that vehicle. And I'll forget all about the 45 minutes of craziness that just happened. Can I say to you as a church family, we need to be willing to wait as long as it takes. Maybe it'll be nine months. Maybe it'll be 10. Maybe it'll be 15 or 17. But we want to wait on God's man, and it'll be worth the wait. We need to be willing to wait. I want to illustrate this. Look with me, if you will, at verse 11. Samuel asked him, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, he answered, but right now he's tending the sheep. Samuel told Jesse, send for him. We won't sit down until he gets here. Now, if you just read that, we just think that Jesse's walking out to the field and getting David, and he's coming in, and it's not that big of a deal, but there's a lot more to it. If you go back and you look at verse 5, it says, In peace, he replied, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. There was a time of cleansing and preparation for that worship service. And so when they sent them out into the field to get David, it wasn't just a 15-minute trip to get David. He'd been out in the sheep. Uh, and the sheep pens. He'd been out there and was filthy and nasty and dirty, and he was not prepared to come into the worship service. And so there was a time of consecration and cleansing. But here's what Samuel said. You go and get him, and we're going to stand right here until he gets back. In fact, we're not going to eat until he gets here. As a church family, we need to be absolutely committed to wait as long as it takes for God to lead us to the next pastor that we have. It's not about us. It's not about time. It's all about God. We ought to say we're going to worship and we're going to wait until God moves. And until God moves, we're just going to keep following him. I have no idea how long it'll be. Maybe in six months you'll look back and say, man, that interim pastor had no clue what he was talking about. Praise the Lord. But here's the thing. Whether we like waiting or not, we need to be waiting, willing to wait as long as it takes We need to be like Samuel and say, we're going to stay right here and wait until God shows us who our next pastor is. So we listen to God. We worship together. We allow God to give us insight. We are willing to wait. But lastly, we look for God to work. Look with me, if you will, at verse 13. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David from that day forward. Then Samuel set out and went to Ramah. This is what we're wanting. I don't know who God has for us, but I can't wait to see who God has for us as our next pastor. Because I want God to move and work in a mighty way among us as a church family. I can't wait to see what God does. Look with with me here in this verse. It says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers, And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David from that day forward. Those of you who know your Bibles, you know that David was a far greater king than Saul was. It was good news that they waited on David. 
It was good news that God had found David among the sons of Jesse. I don't know what God has in store for us, but I can't wait to see it. I'm praying already that whoever our next pastor will be, that God will have his hand all over him and all over his ministry. My prayer is, is that the greatest days for Scott Lake Baptist Church are ahead of us. I can't wait to see what God has done. Those were probably a poor choice of words, right? I can't wait to see what God has done. I'm willing to wait to see what God does. I'm excited about seeing what God does in the future. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. Lord, I thank you for this church family, my church family. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters that make up Scott Lake Baptist Church. I pray that you would help us to stay united, that you would help us to stay focused, that you'd help us to listen and to worship, to follow you, to wait as long as you say wait. And then, Lord, would you just do great and mighty things among us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know where you're at this morning. I I don't want to presume uh, where everyone is at, but uh, this message really was for believers. It was for those of us who make up the membership of Scott Lake Baptist Church. But I don't want to take for granted that there may be someone here who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And if that's you this morning, your greatest need is not the next pastor of Scott Lake Baptist Church. Your greatest need is to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Here's what the Bible says about every one of us, that we have missed the mark, that we have fallen short, and that we are sinners. That's the bad news. It goes on to tell us more bad news, that because of our sin, we deserve death and, uh, and eternal separation from God. But it goes on to tell us that God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus so that we might have forgiveness of our sins and eternal life with him. If you don't know Jesus today, I would love to open God's word down here during this time of response and invitation and show you how you can know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If the Lord's laid another decision on your heart, or if you'd love to pray with, like to pray with me about something, I'd love to do that. I'll be right down front here. We're going to stand and we're going to sing hymn number 296, Jesus is Lord of all. If the Lord's laid a decision on your heart, you'd be obedient to him this morning.
thank you so much for being here. So good to see each one of you. Brother Chuck Wood is going to come and close us out in prayer and pray for our offering now. Pray that the Lord would bless you and watch over you as we go our separate ways today. Brother Chuck. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time we gathered here this morning. Father, we thank you for the time that we've praised you. Thank you for the message we've heard. Father, I too have issues with waiting. But Lord, we want to be in your will and look to you for your guidance. So, Father, we just ask that you continue to strengthen us, give us an inner peace, knowing that your man will be here for us. And, Father, as we wait for that, we ask that you continue to lay on our hearts for our tithes and offerings so that the ministries of Scott Lake can move forward. For these things, we lift up to you in Christ's name. Amen.